When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. I have an exciting announcement. Fall is my absolute favorite season. And by season, I mean fall or summer or whatever this is. You tell him summer's over? Summer's over. Summer's over. Oh my God. Do you know what today is? It is the autumnal equinox. Speak. English? Fall is officially here. It's the first day of fall. Do bundle up because it's showtime. Well, 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 well. (laughs) Well, where do we start? First off, a couple of things. Number one, today is Wednesday, September 22nd. It is the first day of fall. So if you're listening to this podcast before 321 p.m., you're down to the final little bit of time in summer. If it's after 321, welcome to fall. It's amazing because they ask people, hey, how do you feel about fall? Is it your favorite season, your least favorite season? There's only four, and it came in third out of fourth. I don't, I thought everyone loved fall, or do I just hang out with basic bitches? Is that my problem? Yes, that's a problem, but (laughs) I like fall too. Fall Fall is very predictable. It's fairly stable. We know what we're going to get. It's an ease into winter. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Yeah. So summer was number one, obviously. Spring was number two. You know what? Spring can suck it. We've been locked down for the last two springs. I'm done with spring. Are you, spring, are you blaming? Fuck off. Are you blaming spring for the lockdowns? Spring and Doug fucking Ford. Those are the people <laughs> I'm blaming for lockdowns and, and bad weather in the spring. No, I mean, fall, though, I mean, it's predictable. You can go out in short sleeves some days and, and uh, still get that little bit of warm weather, but it's slowly mainly at night, gets a little colder and eases you into winter. By the time spring comes around, you just want summer. Spring is like the appetizer, and appetizers aren't always good. So, fall is the second best season. Sorry, but if you disagree, you're wrong. Okay, all right. (laughs) Nah, I'm I'm just shitting on you. Uh, Today was a day. It is the... Oh, it's also McHappy Day today, by the way, at McDonald's. So before I go on to the passports, let's talk about that. Uh, McHappy Day does great work, raises money for Ronald McDonald House, which is a place that families go to uh, be together and be close to the hospital when they've got a kid receiving treatment. And the work they do is just world-class, amazing facilities, but it costs money to run them. And the McDonald's franchisees have taken that on, and that's why they do McHappy Days to raise money. Now, in the past, it was, what, uh, proceeds from coffee and Big Macs and Happy Meals. This year, anything goes. Anything on the menu that you buy is contributing to McHappy Day. So go to McDonald's today. That's not a big ask. What do you want, a Big Mac? You want some fucking nuggets or something? Go to, go to McDonald's today. Uh, ask for a pizza. We, we're still not letting that go. Uh, but you're supporting a great cause when you do today. All right. How are you? You sick and tired of reading text messages? So funny. I, by the way, you, I love how you said, well, this was, has been a day or something like that. It's only our time right now is like 930 in the morning. So, yeah, I feel like it's been a day. 
And yes, I feel like you can't win. Here's my problem with what's going on. And we will get into details. We will explain the vaccine certificate program in Ontario. We know we have many, many out of province or out of country uh, listeners to the podcast. So we'll explain how that's working here. And it is kind of a, a bit of a gong show. But what bothers me is that you can't win. Like I, either way, someone will complain. Um, you know, we talk about, if I play a PSA, for example, I'll give you an example. This morning, Family Guy did a really funny PSA on getting vaccinated, played a little bit of that. You can't win. You're still you're going to have people being like, why are you playing that garbage? You're obviously trying to push people to get vaccinated if they're hesitant. We talked this morning also about people who are vaccine hesitant and and, it, you know, don't take it out on these restaurants. Don't take it out on these gyms if they need proof of vax and you don't have that. It's not their rules. They're just following it so they, they can stay open. And you get shit on for that, too. How yeah. can you possibly be OK and, and tell people it's OK and be soft on these anti-vaxxers? Well, for fuck's sakes, can I like can we win anything? We are obviously pretty fair, I think, uh, in that we we find a good balance of giving people information, A, B, yes, of course, we encourage people to get vaxxed, but if you don't feel ready to, I, I, I still say don't force people to do it. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how we can win this. We can't. Listen, it, we just went through a whole 36-day election campaign, and this was one of the key issues. And it was one of the ones that some people shit on Aaron O'Toole for because his idea was to treat people who are unvaccinated with a more compassionate approach. You don't need to make the devil out of them because they chose not to get a vaccine. That was his only point in that we will get more people vaccinated by answering their questions and being more compassionate and understanding towards them. So in just a sec, I'm going to read you a note that I got on Facebook this morning. I was actually eavesdropping on a conversation between two people, and I absolutely think it is essential for people to hear what, uh, what the hell was his name? Tony had to say. But first, let's be clear. There is a difference between anti-vaxxers and those that are vaccine hesitant. You were alluding to this, Kat. Listen, anti-vaxxers are the people who are hardcore, my body, my choice. I will not get that. It has not been tested enough. Like You've heard all the arguments. These are the people who did their research, that sort of shit. Those people, the anti-vax that say never, never, never. Okay, that's fine. But then there's those vaccine hesitant. Vaccine hesitant people are the ones specifically that we need to focus on. Those are people who think, I get it. It seems like millions of people have been vaccinated with no issues. It seems to prevent people from going into the hospital. It's uh, been uh, approved by the US FDA and Health Canada. Uh, even if it is emergency approval, it has been approved. It's gone through the regulatory process. There's been clinical trials, but eh, not a lot of time. Keep in mind, we did not have these vaccines this time last year. We didn't even start vaccinating people in Canada until the end of last December. Most of the people vaccinated have gotten it in the last seven months in Canada. Nine months, sorry. That, that's just reality. And there's some people who really can't wrap their mind around something that uh, uh, changes your spike protein or boosts your spike protein or whatever. They can't wrap their mind around us knowing enough about it to say 100% definitively it's safe in this short amount of time respectfully, and that's what's missing in a lot of these conversations is respect. Respectfully, I disagree with you. I made a choice to get vaccinated because I feel that it is safe, and I realize that this mRNA technology has been actually in the pipelines for a long time. 
it happens to work for the COVID-19 virus, and I'm good with it. I'm fully vaxxed, and I don't mind telling people that. If you want to know why I got vaccinated, I'll have a conversation with you about that. I have no problem doing it. But I'm also conscious of the fact that there are people out there who just aren't there yet. They just need a little more time. So now let me read you this note from Tony as he was replying to Lindsay on Facebook. Tony says, I would assume the anti-vaccine and vaccine-hesitant folks want to move along. They're just as tired of this pandemic as everyone else is. But they want their voices heard and they want their concerns acknowledged, much like the vaccinated folks. Vaccine-hesitant are begging to have their choice respected and to be treated with understanding and compassion, not to be unapologetically ignored shunned with disdain, fear, hate, and growing prejudice. Vaccine passports are nothing more than a system of punishment for people that are not simply anti-COVID vaccine, but COVID vaccine hesitant. It's a system grounded in politics, lacking any peer-reviewed study based in science. Tony, you kind of lost me a little bit at the end there, but where you did get me is, yeah, We're asking for compassion for people that work in restaurants and gyms. You don't shit on them because you don't like the vaccine passport policy. That is squarely on the shoulders of our elected leaders. And you had a chance to get rid of one of them on Monday and didn't. Your next chance to get rid of the next one is the provincial election coming up in June. Fuck you, Doug. (laughs) You don't like this shit? This is your government that did this. But. There was a lot of people calling for it. 85% of the population has had at least one shot. Eligible population. At least one shot. 76% are fully vaccinated. But for the vaccine hesitant, think about what's going on for them right now. As of today, they need to show that they're vaccinated and they don't have it. They can't have it for at least a month. Even if they went today and got their first dose, they still wouldn't be able to go into a gym or go to a Jays game or a Leafs game. They wouldn't be able to walk into a Tim Hortons and order a coffee or sit down at Milestones or the keg. They can't do any of those things. If their parent dies, they can't even go to the funeral. They cannot do that as of today because they weren't already vaccinated. That's a lot to sacrifice because they're standing on a principled stance. They want to know more. They need to be compelled a little bit further. I understand that. I really do. And I'm saying that as a fully vaccinated individual, and I'm saying that as someone who doesn't disagree with vaccine passports. I really don't. I think that if you've made a decision, for whatever reason you did, that you're probably going to get the shot, you're leaning towards it, you just haven't gotten it yet. You want whatever it is that you're waiting for. Okay, well, as of today, you can't do those things that I just mentioned. And you won't be able to for at least a month. But I at least respect the fact that you are not anti-vaccine. You're not closing the door to this. You just want a little more time. And that's fine. Everybody's brain works at a different speed. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't even say brain because I don't want to equate this to intelligence. I really don't. You just need more compelling reasons to get vaccinated. I, uh, and maybe this will be it. Maybe this this vaccine passport is what will put us over 90%. I don't know. But either way, the compassion has to go both ways. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. There's a difference between vaccine hesitant and anti-vax. Yeah, Uh, that's a good thing to point out. Uh, I mean, we've had to point that out several times throughout this. And now that we have this program in place, we need to point it out again. And we aren't the first province to go through something similar who've also had to point out the fact that there is a difference between the two. We need to also stress that we need to be nice. And I am not just talking about the people who enter a business, are turned away because they do not have proof of vax, they haven't had their second dose or otherwise, who are turned away. You can't take it out on those businesses, yes. But I also mean on every side because I've seen anger, I've seen rudeness from every side of this. You know, as many people that are saying, oh, you don't have your vaccine, you know, go fuck yourself. You're not doing anything for for us, so F off. You see the same amount of, well, maybe not the same amount of people, but you also see people who are yelling at those, at the people working in those establishments. In a restaurant, Mm -hmm. for example, don't scream at a hostess. Please don't scream at a 16-year-old, maybe, you know, about this. It's not their choice. They're following the rules. And I think it's so important that we stress to be nice. Be nice to people who are just posting information about the certificate program because you're going to have a lot of people saying, well, fuck you. Well, we're posting information. You know, what more do you want? What, what do you want? Seriously, it's happening. It's out there. It's happening. You knew it was happening. Let's just be nice. Direct your anger towards someone who, who quite frankly, gives a fuck because I don't care that you're angry about it either way, by the way. I don't care if you're angry about the fact that it exists. I don't care if you're angry about people who haven't been vaccinated yet. I don't give a shit who you're angry at. Stop taking it out on other people who are just doing what they think is right for themselves, whether that is slightly hesitant, whether that has been the person who went and got the shot the second they were eligible to do it. They're doing it for their own reasons. Let's stop taking shit out on each other. I'm also, you know, all for getting vaccinated. I get happy when I hear that those numbers increase, when we hear, you know, 82% of our population has been vaxxed. That makes me happy. It makes me happy when those numbers grow because I know it means that we're that much closer to getting rid of this thing. And I worry about variants still. Hopefully we don't have to worry about any more variants. That would be great. But the risk of of mutating and and spreading different variants around is still out there as long as people aren't vaccinated for this and we can't control this as it is. This is a new way of life for everybody. So stop shitting on people for whatever choice that they made. Be kind. Be nice. You know what? You want people to unfriend you on on Facebook because they were vaxxed or unvaxxed? That's fine. Just be nice. Just be nice. And it's amazing how many people can have just a perfectly fine, uh, educated, that's for sure, conversation. Those basically don't exist from what I can tell. So I'm glad that you read out Tony's message because we need more of people who are who are willing to, be, well, be kind uh, and, and speak that way rather than some of the shit that I've seen on here. It's insane. Listen, I think it's important to read messages like that from Tony. And when I did it this morning on the radio... We got some complaints from people who are like, don't give a platform to those fucking assholes, blah, blah, blah. They're the reason we can't reopen. Not necessarily. No. I mean, let's keep in mind that where we are, there should be zero restrictions in effect. The government, the Ford government has repeatedly moved the goalposts on what the thresholds are to remove more restrictions. Hey, let's also keep in mind that just yesterday, our chief medical officer of health, Dr. Kieran Moore, came out and said, yeah, yeah, 85% of those eligible are now vaccinated, 76 fully vaccinated. That's great, but we really need to see that number up in the 90s before we can have any confidence. It was 75%. In fact, it might even have been lower, if I recall. 
But I mean, come on, dude, stop. With these vaccine certificates now in place, I would like to know, for whatever reporter is listening to this and going to ask Doug Ford a question, the election's over, so he's going to come out of hiding and he's going to address the media again. His wildly irresponsible summer of hiding to try and get Aaron O'Toole elected has been a failure. He needs to take questions from the media regularly, Doug. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) Every other day, every day, three times a week, whatever, you need to answer questions now. Fuck. But I would like to know what's going on here because you said that when we do this vaccine certificate system, it will be our step to getting back to normal. Why do people still need to wear masks in settings where everyone is fully vaccinated? If I'm sitting at a restaurant at a table and I I, obviously I don't have to wear my mask if I'm sitting at the table. What difference does it make if I put my mask on to go to the goddamn bathroom? What difference does it make if everyone in there is fully vaccinated? This is the sort of stuff that people want to know. When are those restrictions coming off? To me, normal is not walking with a paper mask in my hand and keeping it with me at all times, along with my ID and my vax certificate, so I can take a piss. Like, come on. What's going on here? And it doesn't have to be tomorrow. Maybe you've got a good reason for keeping all of the other restrictions in effect. Mm -hmm. But we need to know what you're thinking here. Like, yeah, you know what? We're going to do the VAC certificates. If this goes well for about a month, then we'll loosen some restrictions, i.e. you can go to the gym because everybody there is fully vaccinated and not wear a mask when you're moving between machines. Or you don't have to put on your mask to go to the bathroom. And I'm not anti-mask. I wear my masks. I've got dozens of them now. But this is what you said, Doug, and you need to follow through on this. Give us a timeline. Tell us the strategy, something. Because people are wondering, what was it for? So I did it. I did what I was asked to do. I got vaccinated. Nothing changed. Now we're going to the vaccine passports. Okay, well, this must mean change. He hasn't said. And people would like to know. One way or the other. And, And if we're doing masks indefinitely, say it. Just fucking say it. You want zero new cases in Ontario for two months straight? That's when we can take the masks off? Then say that. But say something. But, if I may, we also continue to get angry at them for, quote, and I hate the overuse of this, moving the goalpost. So they're probably so afraid. I say they, Doug, whatever, however you want to say it, are probably so afraid to give you those, to give you those milestones, those moments where we can do this when this. Because that may not Actually, what we know now may not be what we know in those moments. So, I mean, personally, when it comes to the mask, I'm double vaxxed and I'm okay with wearing my mask. I know that there's still potential for people who have had the uh, the vaccine to catch COVID. Perhaps they are much, much better than they would have been otherwise, but they have the potential to catch it and pass it on to others, even those who are vaxxed as well. I'm sure that the the percentage of that happening is much lower than for those who are unvaxxed, but that's why I'm okay. I'm totally okay with that, by the way. I'm, I'm not ready for that at all. But if there are people out there who are want to just jump on it and get to that point, sure, you could say it, but you're just going to end up disappointing people when that changes, and it will change. I, I get that you're you're sick of the whole moving the goalposts analogy, and, and maybe other people are too, but the reality is they lied to us. They did. I mean, 
if they truly in their heart of hearts believed that 75% or 70% was going to be the number, then there should have been a proper, thorough explanation for this, not just swept under the rug when nobody is taking questions from the media, but they keep raising it. They keep going. How did we go from 75 to in the 90s? Mm-hmm. And how much well, higher is it going to go? Do we have to get to 100%? Is that what it's going to take? W- if we- it is, then just tell us the truth. You have to also look at what happened in between those times, though. We had the Delta variant, like, skyrocketing. These variants and mutations are a big risk, and I think that that's what the health, uh, those who do this for a living, that have done the research, that have the degrees, say is the worry, is that if there are any more variations, mutations, however you want to put it, and that did change a lot. That Delta variant did change things a lot. Suddenly, we had to increase that number to make sure we protected ourselves from this because it moved faster and it was more harsh on our bodies. And from what I know, from what I remember, that was one of the reasons why we raised the move the goalpost on that one. Okay. It's uh, vaccine certificate day in Ontario. If you are not vaccinated, there are so many places you can get it done. Like they literally are going (laughs) everywhere, particularly the city of Toronto. Give whoever's in charge of their vaccine rollout a little bit of credit. Uh, This weekend, they're doing shop and vax. They're going to have vaccination stations set up in all of the major malls in Toronto. Whether you're going to Fairview or Yorkdale or Eaton Center or wherever, you can get vaccinated. Walk in, no appointment required, sit down, get your shot, wait your 10, 15 minutes, and you're on your way back to buying whatever it is you were buying. It doesn't get much more convenient than that, Cat. If I hadn't been vaxxed and I was at Yorkdale this weekend and I saw the booth and no line, yeah, I'd probably do it. It's convenient. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So they really are uh, doing their best in some areas, and it shows. I mean, 85.1% of the eligible population is now at least partially vaxxed, and we're coming up on 80% fully vaxxed. I think that's good. As of now, billions of COVID vaccines have been administered safely to people around the world. All right, well, what Peter might ask is, what if the vaccine makes him sick? The common side effects from the COVID vaccines are generally mild and last a few days. But do you know what can have serious long-term side effects? COVID. Well, you know, he also says he just figures everyone else is going to get it, so why does he have to? Well, what he should understand is that getting the shot not only protects him, but also the people around him. But even more importantly, if the virus is allowed to spread through an unvaccinated population, it could mutate into a variant that the vaccines might not protect against. And then we're right back where we started. Gal Gadot singing Imagine. We cannot let that happen. Well, you know, I just realized this is like one of those schoolhouse rocks. Except, you know, without the rock. Yeah, it's like school. Way to end strong, Brian. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's move on to a couple other things here. It is... um a weird thing when we fly that we all have different preferences about how that should be done. Everybody's got a preference about where they sit on the airplane. Me, window seat, as close to the front of the plane as possible. But I'm cheap, so I won't spend the money for business (laughs) class. But I will, in that first row of coach, I will 
Book that window seat right there. It's amazing that we're not even close to unanimous on this, though. When you fly, you like the window seat, I think. Okay, so here's the deal. If I am on a shorter flight, if it is two hours or, eh, you know what, three hours or less, I'm window, 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 window. I also happen to have a small bladder, and I might order a drink, and then that makes me feel bad for everyone who has to get their asses up and out of the seat because i got to go to the bathroom. So if it's a longer flight, I'm okay with the aisle. But, yeah, the preference I want that window, bitch. I just like to see what's going on. It feels more comfortable to me. Maybe a little less claustrophobic. I like the window. But it's amazing how many people don't. One in three say they will not sit in the window seat. They want the aisle seat. Aisle's fine. I mean, you can stretch out your right or left leg. Seldom can you do both. You may get your kneecap broken by the cart (laughs) when it comes down to serve the cookies and tea. But it's accessible. You can get in and out easily. The other problem with the aisle, too, is you got to get up every time somebody else in the middle mm-hmm. or in the window has to go. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's kind of remarkable that they even have a middle seat because only 1% of travelers say they prefer the middle seat when they're flying. I be- who are those psychopaths? Could you please stand up, psychopaths who say they want the middle? Why, do- why would you want the middle? You have literally, literally the worst of both worlds. Not only do you not have a really comfy place to like rest your head or anything like that, you could barely stretch your legs out. And you can't get out as easy. You still have to make someone get up if you have to get out. And you better like who you're sitting next to because, I mean, it's squishy no matter what. But you're really squashed in there with middle. You're usually trying to fight for an armrest. Do you even get an armrest? You might as well go fuck yourself. I don't understand who would raise their hand and say, middle's for me. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, they actually, you just gave me a great idea. We should just rename the middle seat and go fuck yourself. Yeah, you're a fucking asshole. Here's your seat. So who does the armrest belong to then when you're sitting in the middle seat or on the aisle or by the window? Let's say, for example, you're sitting in the middle seat. Person on your, uh, or to the left or right of you is sitting by the window. Is it your armrest? Is it their (laughs) armrest? Or do you have to share? Yeah, this is where I feel like the window seat comes into play as being the best. Because if you are in the window seat, you can kind of rest your arm against like the 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 ledge of the plane. What are we calling it? Whatever. The the end the end the there window is sill. The windowsill, <laughs> but not really. It's too high up usually or it's far back. And you might not even have a good window view, honestly. But at least you can lean your whole body up against that and you're not uh really upsetting anybody. Whereas, you know, you're in the middle. You can't lean one way like that. So that, to me, me equals no armrest for you if you're on the window seat. So the person in the middle gets the right. The person It will depends because there may be two, three. It depends on how many armrests there are. But the person on the edge should get an armrest, and the person in the middle should get an armrest if you have to go without one. That's what I think. You should be kind enough if you did get that window seat to not take up too much room on the armrest. Use it for volume control or whatever you have to do. Plug your fucking headphones in. I don't know what else you have to do. (laughs) But do that and then let that person have most of it because they're already in a shitty predicament, man. They're in the middle. They're They're in the go fuck yourself seat. If you're in the go fuck fuck yourself seat, like at least give them a little bit of armrest. So that's how I see it. I'll usually lean my body and squish my body as far as possible toward that window area if i'm there knowing full well this person can this person went and fucked themselves is what they did so i feel bad for them this is a buzzfeed survey and 37 percent agree that both armrests belong to the middle seat mm. more than one in three 34 percent said one goes to the middle and one 
to the end seat. 26% said whoever gets there first oh. is uh, able to lay claim oh. to the armrest. Fuck off. Those are people that travel a lot, probably, and they're assholes. <laughs> I travel a lot. I don't want to put, I try so hard to not touch anything anywhere. And I don't lean up against the window because it's probably fucking gross, too. If they swabbed it, it would probably have all sorts oh, of shit on it. Gross, so yeah. I don't want to touch anything. The armrest is just a nice luxury. I, I'm really just sort of quite content with just keeping myself all tucked in. And I, I got rolls. I, I'm fine. I can rest my elbows on that if I really feel like my elbow needs a rest. Uh, but generally speaking, if you're in the middle, most people agree those armrests belong to you. Last question, and this is the most important one. You get to your seat. And you discover, oh, it reclines. Are you putting that seat back? So, I mean, I have before. Is that that bad? Like, why is it recline if we're not supposed to have it recline? The only time I say never, never, never recline is if it is barely snack time. Like, it's time for your one one cookie and shitty half glass of water. If it's that time, I make sure that my seat is all the way up because I wouldn't want to do that to someone if they're using their tray behind me. That's when I'm mindful. But if I want to take a little rest, yeah, I'll push it back. Don't care. Huh. Okay. All right. Uh, I al- but I also don't care if someone does that to me, right? Th- is that fair? Like, I don't care if the person in front of me is doing that. As long as I don't have my shitty half glass of Diet Coke in a plastic cup in that moment, and then they jolt it backwards, that's rude. Double check. Or how about asking in advance? Is that too much? Like, we want to limit our, our interaction with humans generally. But is it too much to just say, hey, I'd like to recline. Is that okay? You're asking for an argument there because I would tell you, yeah, I do mind. Fuck off. That's what I would say. And 45% of people say, no, they don't recline the seat because it's rude to the person behind them. 43%, almost the same amount, say, yes, they do recline if they're trying to sleep. 12%, more than one in 10 say that's the first thing they do when they get on an airplane is recline the seat. I, I, I'm still of the belief that Air Canada, WestJet, United, JetBlue, Southwest, all of you, get your engineer on the plane and disable whatever feature it is that lets people recline. Here's why I say that. You reclining the seat, what does it go back? Like fucking 15 degrees or something? It so barely moves. I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference. Yeah. Thank you. So I think when you recline that seat, it doesn't make enough of a difference to you to really change your quality of, of sitting or sleeping, but it's extremely inconvenient for the person behind you. I don't think any seats on any airplane should recline, and I think that if you want the reclining option, fly private. Get a private jet. You can book them all over the fucking place. Get a Wheels Up membership. You should not be flying with everybody else if you want to lay down in a situation where everybody else is sitting. It doesn't make enough of a difference to you, so don't let it happen at all. Why inconvenience people? (laughs) We're cramped as it is on an airplane. We don't need people fucking trying to lay down as much as they can. That's crazy in limited space. Are you telling me for real, though, for real, if someone in front of you leaned back and said, excuse me, sir, very politely, let's say it was a very nice person, maybe even an attractive woman, said, excuse me. You oh, found my weak spot. Wait, so here we go. If she said, 
you know, I've had a long day. I'm just going to, I don't mind, re- I wouldn't mind a little rest. Do you mind if I recline my seat? You're gonna, you're telling me right now because I'm going to call horseshit on you saying no. No, I'm going to tell her she should listen to the After 9 podcast if she wants to know how I feel about it. I actually would tell somebody, I mean, if you absolutely have to, I guess, but it's not going to make a huge difference for you, but it is a big difference for me sitting behind you. So no, you don't need to recline your seat. Uh, Maybe, uh, I don't know, sleep at your hotel before you go to the airport, before you get to the airport for your flight. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways we can do it. I just don't see how reclining that little amount makes that big a difference to you. Just sit up or lay on the person beside you shoulder. Strangers love it (laughs) when you do that. That's worse. You know that's worse. Don't put your filthy fucking head on my shoulder. Uh, if it's a good-looking girl, she can get away with it in most cases. Usually girls that are good-looking can get away with a lot of yeah. shit that regular people can't. Yeah, I can't get away it. with that. It doesn't mean you should do it. It still doesn't mean you should do it, but people probably will. Okay, we're low on time, so we'll do this quick. I think we all agree. We all understand. It's an unwritten rule, a rule that's not an actual law. When you go out to a restaurant or in the hospitality areas, you tip 15%. Come on, throw in a buck. Uh-uh, I don't tip. You don't tip? No, I don't believe in it. There's been a big push in probably the last 20 years that we should really rethink that and consider 20% an appropriate tip. So, let's see who's actually doing it. They asked people and then separated it by age demographics. And into generations, really. How much you're tipping? Who would you say tips more? Millennials or baby boomers? Mm, I would have said, I would have, we're just skipping right over Gen X, eh? Oh, we'll get to them in a second. I'm Gen X. Don't (laughs) worry. We'll get to that in a sec. Okay, good, good, good. Because I'm I'm curious for everybody. Um, I would say millennials out of the two. And only reason being, it's, it's, Probable that I would say uh, that, or maybe I shouldn't assume, but more of more millennials would be working in those industries than boomers. So that's why I'd say millennials. I I would have said the exact same thing right on the same page as me. Well, the majority of baby boomers tip in the 20% range, whereas the majority of millennials are much more likely to tip closer to 15 And in fact, many, many more millennials were likely to say the standard tip amount of 15% is too high. They actually feel it should be somewhere between tips aren't mandatory at all. Well, they aren't mandatory, but they're obligatory. So tips are not obligatory up to 5%. Man, a 5% tip just feels like, I mean, unless you're spending $1,000, 5% seems really, really low to me guys that's that's cheap and i'm cheap that's a cheap person saying that's that's, cheap that's cheap you know that barely covers off what they have to pay out which is that i mean i know we've had these conversations on the podcast before but these servers as an example we're going to use servers as an example i know there's many industries where we tip many 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 but when it comes to serving which i know a little more about because i worked there in a restaurant for years i can tell you they have to tip out of their tips out to the bar, out to the expo, people who basically help them out throughout their shift. And there's a certain percentage. It goes by food and alcohol sales. So if you're looking at your bill, those are your sales. If you tip like shit, at at times there are servers that have had to pay out of pocket because you tip so shitty, they actually have to take tips out of their pocket in order to pay off the people that work with them. And if they're lucky, they have a manager that'll assist them on that. If they're lucky, and I've been there before where I've had to say, I got tipped like shit on this $300 bill. 
So my manager helped me out with that, removed some things from their bill so that I was able to take that money as a tip. That doesn't happen often, I assume, but it is brutal. But but people aren't educated. People don't understand. They don't get it. They'll just say, we'll find another career. We'll do something different, as if they chose to make those wages. Servers get paid less. A lot of industries get paid less because they make tips. And I don't know how we ended up with this system, but I have no problem whatsoever tipping 20%. 20% is standard for me. And Mm -hmm. by the way, the vast majority of Gen X tips between 15 and 20%. The vast majority. So, okay, that's good. I don't think anybody's going to complain that they only got tipped 15%. I think they'd be pretty happy if they got tipped 20 I wouldn't blame them for being disappointed if they got tipped less than 15%, though, because, again, no, it's not a law, but this is just sort of our societal norm. This is what we do. And I don't understand why it's such a hard thing for people to figure out. Now, I do get, though, that there is a little bit, a little bit of gray area there, because when you tip your 15% or your 20%, that's the amount pre-tax, how much the bill actually cost. The 13% that Justin and Doug take, you don't tip on that amount. That's the way tipping was originally laid out, but I tip on the total amount, generally speaking. If I have a a bill that comes to $113, I'll tip 20% of $113, not 20% of $100. Yeah, I didn't even know people did that. Yeah, I I always tip the total. And on that, is there anything else we got to cover here? Um, no. I think that's a. I think that's about. I don't want to it. miss an opportunity to get yeah, a plug in or something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you have anything you want to plug? I don't know. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Cat on Air. That's Cat with a K, K A T, O N A, I R, and Scott Fox on Air. Yeah, Scott Fox on Air. Fox. <laughs> uh, be uh, nice. It, Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say Scott, and not Scoot, because a lot of people like to just accidentally type in Scoot. Apparently. Yeah, that's a weird one for me. I don't understand why people think there's two O's but one T. I mean, reevaluate everything, everybody here. If that's what you think, that's not how it's done. That is not how it's done. But we'll be back tomorrow, and uh, I guess we'll have a wrap on however the fuck today goes. Be nice, everybody. Please, please, please be nice. And like we said way back at the beginning of the podcast, there's some who are anti-vaxxers. Okay. There's some who are vaccine-hesitant. Be kind. They just need a little more info, a little more encouragement, a little more something, and they'll get there, but they're not going to get there by you shaming them and calling them a piece of shit. Okay? Everybody, be nice and worry about yourself. Deal. Have a good day. Johnson & Johnson announced its COVID booster shot is 94% effective when given two months after the first dose. People who got the J&J were like, yeah, that would have been nice to know about uh, three months ago. And finally, a pair of 107-year-old sisters in Japan just claimed the title of world's oldest identical twins. Yeah, and just to creep people out, they stand in the hallway of their retirement home and say, come play with us. The world's oldest living identical twins. The previous record holders were also from Japan. One of them died in 2000. The other one died in 2001 at age 108. You know what they died of? It's weird. They both died in skateboarding accidents. <laughs> The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. 
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.